everybody. It is your favorites, Belle and Corey. Hi. Back with another. And we are talking about the importance of storytelling. Which this is yeah. something I'm so excited about. So really? yeah, let's just get I right am into too. Genuinely. So storytelling is something that, you know, this this doesn't I'm not talking about just these stories where back in kindergarten the teacher would show you little pictures of animals and then tell you the story. But I kind of am. Like okay. I'm gonna lie. <laughs> storytelling is an amazing way to amplify an idea or concept that you're talking about, especially to someone or to something, um, or about something, mm-hmm. and especially something that, if it's to a certain audience, you're trying to convince them okay. out of something. Uh, and in fact, storytelling is one of the most commonly recognized literary techniques that we pick up automatically. In fact, sometimes, psychologically, we like to piece things together like a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I like to, when I was studying back in high school. My teachers taught me to think of things like a linear story. When I was learning history um, or maybe learning about like the Persian War, I would attach things like a story and how it worked and how they went from uh, from where they started in history to where they ended in history. And so storytelling is an excellent way to to use that literary device and explain things to people in a way that's easily um, that can be easily grabbable mm-hmm. or easily conceived. Yeah, I would say. Uh, stories are, are so, so powerful too. Um, even if like you can't 100% relate to something, you can still see you know little bits and pieces of yourself like within those. And I, I yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. I was about to say, <laughs> another great thing about storytelling is that you can implement yourself into the story and that is another great way. So why the heck are we talking about storytelling, Corey? Yes, yes, yes. Well, storytelling is absolutely integral Honestly, as a user experience designer or just any designer possible, because typically in our design roles, when we're presenting our ideas, when we're presenting, you know, a problem space, our job is to persuade and tell. And storytelling is a strong device to help us persuade to people. So, you know, storytelling can even be the make or break for winning over an idea. A hundred percent. And in cases like that, you know, it's it's also the make or break for whether or not I'm going to pay attention to somebody's presentation oh, yeah. in class. <laughs> oh, no, a thousand percent. If you're in a meeting with a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of different teams and, you know, some of them have no idea what you've been working on. And they, frankly, you know, they don't care. They want to know what they need to know in as little time as possible. And I think a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times telling a story is the best way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so... Storytelling, uh, to put it into the context or to the the setting of of user experience designers, we use storytelling um, whenever we're trying to sell a product or if we're trying to uh, explain a problem space. Sometimes we use storytelling without us noticing. Personas are an amazing example of storytelling, mm-hmm. just built into the pr- prom- or premise of it, uh, and and personas our characters within our story just as much as there can be any character within the storytelling of a good presentation. So before I get in more about the nitty gritty, uh, how can we become effective storytellers? Well, um, that can be sometimes difficult. I would say storytelling is not for everybody, but it's something that you can easily learn. Mm-hmm. I 
was definitely not a great storyteller. When I was a kid, my mom always said I was good at telling stories, but she's also said I told stories that literally never ended. (laughs) (laughs) So it never found a good resolution to my stories. Mm -hmm. But storytelling is needed everywhere in class presentations, stakeholder meetings, data visualization, especially sometimes in job interviews. I love data visualization. Hopefully we can do another podcast just about Mm -hmm. that and how storytelling is a just a great device that plays into it because data storytelling can be about just finding the hidden gems in data and presenting them in a way that's intellectually engaging mm. um, and just d- unravel something new for the audience rather than just looking at a spreadsheet of mm. data. But so becoming effective storytellers, you can go back simply to the premise that we all know of as Freytag's Pyramid, mm-hmm. or technically not Freytag's Pyramid, but you guys better know it as the you know hero's journey and mm-hmm. that you have your exposition, you have your rise in action, you have your climax, yes. falling action, and then yes. resolution. Yes. That is simply the bare bones to telling a good story. And I mean, for anything, you can apply it to almost any story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes books, like let's say Harry Potter, will end on a climax and then the next book happens. Mm-hmm. And then there's something else and something else. So you can use that as well. So it's called Freytag's Pyramid. And I would more emphasize that I'm going to use Freytag's Pyramid specifically because uh, while we know about the hero's journey, Freytag's Pyramid has uh, a something specific, which is the inciting incident, which happens right after exposition. Mm-hmm. Typically, we just say that that is the action moment that starts the, the hero on their journey. Okay. Uh, but we typically skip it over and say exposition, then rising action. Mm -hmm. So how do we put this into context for our presentations? Now, this can apply in any way possible. I mean, (laughs) when we're at the end of our classes, we typically give a very big open narrative of like the full story, the exposition Mm -hmm. to the resolution. But when you're at the beginning of your story or the beginning of your presentation in your class, You're giving a much shorter story, and typically it's just figuring out the problem Mm -hmm. space. Uh, So Freytag's Pyramid, I can try and use this a little bit in context, but think of the exposition as the beginning context. Helping people get into the space, understand about it, and sometimes this is a good place for a hook. You know, why is this idea really special? Why is this problem space really special? What's happening or what are some (laughs) major data points that you know, people need to know about. Mm. And I, I, yeah, using, you know, something big, like a, like a hook, like a statistic, you know, people who don't believe that something is a problem, you know, that's you know, an automatic way of convincing them right off the bat that something is, you know, worth taking serious and worth, worth paying attention to. Absolutely. And sometimes that hook can be like, again, I said a big statistic, although I always try to implore myself and for all my listeners out there to, do something new than just a big statistic. Maybe it can be setting the scene. Okay. Amazing TED Talk I, I found was about uh, people, or it was about boring meetings. And they used the analogy of someone taking their their chair in an office as like taking time away from a boring meeting. Okay. And I mean, they did a much better job because they actually explained it in a storytelling manner. But when you did, or if you will listen to it, it comes together so perfectly because you never thought about the chair when they're telling about the next analogy, which is 
the, you know, the time being taken away. And then he he refers back to the chair and says, I wish I had my time back just like I wish I had my chair. Boom. Now you understand, now you understand it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that sets up your exposition. And that is your context. Mm-hmm. You have everybody on the same page. It's using things like ethos and pathos. I'm sure you guys have learned this in your <laughs> English classes. Uh, ethos being the credibility, pathos being emotion. I always love starting off with pathos, which is emotion to get people uh, attracted to my story, or at least to set themselves in the environment Mm -hmm. as they should. Then it becomes the inciting incident. And this can be your problem space. Uh, And this is, you know, the big thing sometimes for people that's the, uh, that might be then the how might we statement, Mm -hmm. or it could be the statistic that falls right after. Okay. Okay. We set people in the story. Now, you know, what is happening? What's, What's happening in reality? with this this problem space or in cases like uh businesses with agile problems the context can be where is it happening and then that incident is what's causing the negative or what's causing the pain points okay what's happening right now that people just aren't coming back to the site or not why but that that statement alone mm-hmm. you know we're having uh poor confirmation rates people aren't uh finishing through the the progress or the process we want them to through our app and then the rising action is the progress, and that can be either your, that can be, let's say, in this case, if we're looking at the whole picture of a user journey from the early ideation to the end concept of the solution, your progress is how you're getting to that point. Your research, your studying, your learning, and then your climax can be your discovery. Mm-hmm. What is the big thing you discovered from your user or primary research? Mm-hmm. And these are where the anecdotes come into play. Uh, but it too can be the climax can be your how might we statement. Mm-hmm. It can be boom. How can we get here? What can we do? Yeah. Are you you know are you validating something that you already you know conceptualized to be a problem, or did you find like a completely new problem? Yeah. That is you know you haven't talked about yet. And uh, yeah. And I would say the climax can be an amazing part in your story for when you are are in an interview with somebody, because I know darn well that all of us do not have amazing uh, <laughs> class projects sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes our projects don't go amazing as they should. Mm-hmm. I've had hiccups. You've had hiccups. We've all had hiccups as students and as people in the industry. Projects don't go always as planned. But it can create a new light. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't. Or it's like we need to trudge through or we need to backtrack. That climax can be that. Mm-hmm. Because in, in stories, the climax is usually the boss, Mm -hmm. the boss battle that goes on. And the climax is an amazing way to show your humility as a designer when it comes to intern or uh, interviews, because that is the moment that really sets you apart from other people showing off that this is something that you you faced and hopefully you accomplished. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, Especially from the perspective of, you know, an interviewer, like Mm -hmm. they, you know, might be sitting for eight hours a day for in 15 minute time slots listening to, you know, student after student after student, you know, try to regurgitate the the case studies on their portfolio. And, a, you know, a store, a well-crafted story is something that can really, really set you apart and also just help them better understand, you know, the things that you've, you know, you've worked on. Yeah, absolutely. And then we go into our falling action, our resolve, our approach. This can be in the the larger scheme after the discovery this can be you know how you reach that solution 
uh, wireframes, ideation. Um, that can be maybe more research if it's if it's, this is just focused on research. And then the resolution is the impact or maybe the reflection you learned. It can also be your deliverables. I would say your resolution, while it's just one topic, it can cover a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd say resolu- the resolution can be, yeah, it can be the following. It can be, uh, or the following action can be also the deliverables. And then the resolution can be the reflection. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in the resolution, the hero is reflecting back on the journey that they had and how they changed. Mm-hmm. We all change as designers and we change the stories and the people that we that we meet and that we work with. So why not add that too mm-hmm. in your story? Now, when you're in a presentation in a class, that resolution could be a little bit different. And maybe that can be the, and it's not the like the question part where it's like any questions, mm-hmm. but it can definitely be the impact. So you went through this journey and maybe you don't have enough time to show metrics about how your product succeeded because this is only like a 10 week, 12 week class, but you can certainly say how it would. Mm-hmm. Um, or reflecting back and seeing that the people that you talk to, you know, you talk to people, hopefully if you conducted primary research, what did they say about the product initially? Mm-hmm. And did you bring it back to them and ask them, you know, how has this experience improved? Mm-hmm. Did they say, oh my God, this is like completely new. I want to use this every day. Mm-hmm. That is an impact. Uh, so I, having impact is always a great way to to set that resolution. Now, yeah, we, we explained over the whole Freytag's pyramid. But like I said, there's so many bits and pieces you can change, interchange for different presentations, whether that is a class presentation, a stakeholder meeting, a data visualization, or a job interview. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think a lot of times as UX designers, I think in our heads, we, you know, we say those final deliverables are, it's it, you know, that's, that's the end. But yeah. in reality, you know, it's a really, really important step is to kind of, you know, like you said, reflect and What's next? What's next after this project? What's what's the future of this project? What what did we learn? What you know? What well? What, what did what went well? What didn't go well? And that's like you know probably the most you know impactful part. Um, and it acknowledges you know as a designer that you you know you're learning and you're growing, which is really important. I also appreciate that you know you talked about um, you know a lot of times when we're in the beginning phases of these projects, where we want to come up with a story to kind of get everyone on the same page and, you know, you are creating that story and you don't really have, you know, the climax or even the rising action yet. Um, but, you know, still establishing something to kind of grab people in and establishing like a common ground is is really important and really, really impactful too. Yeah, because you can still put this whole free text pyramid even in just a data visualization mm-hmm. or if you're just presenting the problem space in your first class presentation, because mm-hmm. there's always going to be the context. There's always going to be the problem space. There's always going to be progress that led to the problem space. There's going to be a discovery, maybe something interesting you learned. And there's always going to be a resolution, aka impact or reflection you learned from this. It can also be where do we move forward? Because sometimes that the hero's journey is not over yet mm-hmm. and they're ready to prepare for their next adventure. Cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so interesting. So it's, it's really, really awesome. I love it. I really you know, want to entice people to start using storytelling more or just look back into even your case studies and see how do I ensure that my story is or my case study is a story? Mm -hmm. Is it telling the story that I need it to say? Mm -hmm. Is it explaining the hero? Maybe that's you in this story or is it maybe that hero is the persona or the problem space and the people in it that you're designing for? And does it really come around full round? Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's some other key elements that 
going way back to my kindergarten analogy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, pictures. Even yes. though, even though you know we're adults and we read books, I read comics <laughs> and manga, so I still have pictures. But pictures, or specifically visuals, are an amazing way to illustrate your idea mm-hmm. um, or your story, and especially unify the audience's imagination. And what I mean by that is. If you're providing, you can say amazing things, but your visuals, you know, if I'm talking and explaining about a lake, if we were to close our eyes and talk about what, and I described to myself what a, what this perfect ideal lake looks like. It has crystal clear waters. It has enormous trees that almost look like redwoods. It has luscious green grass. Even though as descriptive as I may be, your imagination of what that lake site view is completely different yeah it's going to be completely different than what i picture so sometimes having that visual is really helpful but also sometimes the lack of visuals helps mm-hmm. people's imaginations further i i, I agree 100 percent. and storytelling is so impactful in this way too because people who have no idea what you're talking about if you're trying to explain you know ux to your grandparents or you know another whether it's another team in the department or you know workplace that you're at you know, telling a story is just one way to get them on the same page as you, even if it's just, you know, a little bit. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> explaining you to your grandparents is probably oh, the, it's, it's probably so my biggest <laughs> boss battle slash climax to deal, <laughs> to deal with. Honestly, it might be a good practice. If you can learn how to explain a project to your grandparents, mm-hmm. then maybe that's a good enough story to tell in the class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know my grandma would be fast asleep by sentence one. <laughs> yeah, after uh, my grandma would be asleep after I get through the whole that UX is user experience. She'd be like done after that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you then adapt your storytelling to your audience? We talked about the amazing way of Freytag's pyramid, how we can implement storytelling into our presentations. But there's also another element that I need to mention, and that is your audience. You know, when you're writing a, a story, I sure am not going to use gore and, and my audience is a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a no-no. So you need to understand your audience, honestly, way before telling your story. Because your audience is what shapes your story. Or at least the, the key words that you want to say mm-hmm. and how simple or complex you want that mm-hmm. that story to be. So... Know who you're speaking to is the first start. So let's say let's use um, I would let's use the classes we we've said class presentations a lot. Uh, so my audience is the class, but then what action do you want from your audience? Mm. That's the biggest one, because ninety percent, hundred percent, actually, of the time of these presentations, what we're looking for is. Not, I know a lot of us say like, you know, we're looking to persuade, we're looking to sell the product in our final class presentations. Typically, it's more of like a project pitch, mm-hmm. but ideally at the base and the foundation, or at least the 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 raw bit of what we're, we're looking for is that we're trying to evoke action. Mm-hmm. Action is the big word because action is what, and, and, and it's broad because it applies to any audience possible. That action for class presentations can be, you know, maybe it's an A, trying to get an A. Maybe it's also trying to get your your classmates uh, to be interested in your product. Mm-hmm. 
for a stakeholder meeting that's trying to get them on board, trying to get a yes out of them. For a job interview, that too is trying to show the, show them how unique you are. You're trying to get that interview. And that you have the qualities to fill, you know, the gaps like within their department. Yeah, exactly. So knowing what action you want from your audience and of course, knowing who that audience is, is integral to then shaping your story. Because I'm not going to try and do a project pitch and try and sell my product to a, a interviewer. Mm-hmm. The point of it is trying to sell myself, mm-hmm. not the product. Exactly. So why would I waste my time doing that? Whereas that setting would fit better in a class presentation where I'm actually trying to sell the product in the last end of class. So it's that too is very important. So that's pretty much a wrap up of the whole my little sphere of storytelling (laughs) or at least my hero's journey of storytelling (laughs) haha but it's it's really important i love storytelling and i really wish more people in classes did more storytelling i'm sorry i'm sorry guys you just don't some of you guys don't storytell please use it it's amazing you guys have amazing products and i know you can do more with storytelling I'm a million percent sure you can. And that I feel like is also a major difference between a good presentation and a great, great presentation. presentation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we we will always have to storytell in our lives regardless. Uh, when I was a waiter and someone would say, Who, what's UX? I had to mm-hmm. tell them what, you know, what UX was, but I'd use analogies. Mm. I'd be like, um, do you like your iPhone? I'd be like, no, I use Android. <laughs> I'll be like, shit. And now I have to make <laughs> another analogy. Yeah. But I would have to explain it in different ways. We have to use storytelling to advocate for ourselves and to advocate for the ideas that we express. And and storytelling is just an amazing device and literary device that is so easy to implement into any way that you explain things. And it can really get people on board. Mm-hmm. And to get better at storytelling, you know, read more stories. Think about a time, you know, when someone has told you something and you felt like really captivated or really inspired or really moved by something. And, you know, what aspects did they have in it that really drew you to them? You know, was it the tone of their voice? Was it, you know, did, did they pause at certain points? How how did it go? Um, can can really help us, you know, get better at that. And just practicing more, you know, do it every, every chance you can. And, you know, soon enough, hopefully it will be naturals. Yeah. So... I hope you guys got a little a little bit out of our our story today. So, yeah, take that as you may. Improve your presentations <laughs> right now mm-hmm. and maybe just look back on some of the case studies you have and see in which ways you can make it more story worthy. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Have an amazing night. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. This episode would not be possible without our lovely editor, Ethan. And as always, you can listen to past and future Influx episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.